0: just cleanses everything in our in our minds everything try to problems try to be big and try to press and try to act like they're need all of our attention and all of our focus and it's like when you worship the Lord it's like there's just a cleansing of your focus and you start to see things clearly oh we worship you Lord this feels good it feels good to your spirit it feels good to your heart we worship you Jesus worship you Lord just feeling strengthening you right now just reverberating in your spirit reverberating in your heart encouraging you strengthening you reminding you aligning your priorities healing you, healing your physical body healing your emotions healing your heart giving you hope can we sing that line again Brian?
1: You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. Sing it again. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet
0: You. you need a father, he'll father you. You need a husband, he'll be a husband to you. You need a friend, he'll be a friend to you.
1: Jesus. Whatever you need, he's the answer.
0: You this morning, we thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Oh, we're just so thankful, <clears throat> so grateful. Thank you, Lord. You speak to us today in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, if you look at a map, um the countries um, are they are divided by uh, borders, right? You can look at, we can see America or United States, and then we can see Canada, and then we can see Mexico, and you can see Russia, and you can see, you know, China, and you can see Spain and Portugal and all these things. They all have like a, a border that divides them so you can clearly see where they're at, right? Um, but... How I many know oh, that there is a kingdom that, that doesn't have borders? And there is no separation. And <clears throat> I believe in the time that we're living in, God's His kingdom is arising. And uh, it's it's arising. Because how I many know oh, the kingdom of God is in every country? How I many know oh, that the, the kingdom is even in countries that you know try to outlaw you know, Christianity and, and try to outlaw the Bible and all these things. How many other believers are there? How many of our brothers and sisters are there? And they're operating and many times, you know, they're underground and I mean, um, you know, if you want to see something that just bring tears to your eyes, see see a, a Bible make its way into China and and see the way they treat it. And and see how, you know, they they you know they they, they tear the pages off and they share the pages and they're weeping over it and they're crying because the word of God has, has come to them and and um, how uh, I many know oh, the kingdom doesn't have borders? Amen. And, and the kingdom and so I feel like in the time that we're living in, that it's time for for the kingdom to arise and to reveal itself in God's people. And how I many know oh, the, the kingdom doesn't have a denomination or non-denominational name? How many you know in the kingdom, you know, there's not, you know, word of faith and Baptist and and Pentecostal and you know, all of these things that we 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 put labels on things. We love to put labels on things. Um, but in the kingdom, how many you know there is no labels and there's one king? And 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 the thing about it is is different parts of the body of Christ have different light and revelation that they flow in. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like we we how you know, we can learn from everybody. And I mean, no one has all of it. And it's important to understand that. Um, You know, the moment that you think that you've arrived and you understand everything um, is really the moment that you're going to fall. Um, We we have to uh, stay humble and teachable and ready to learn from each other. And uh, there are no labels or boundaries in the kingdom. And so, what if God has chosen... In this time, a time of tremendous turmoil, a time of tremendous fighting and division and all the things that are going on, what if God has chosen this time to cause His kingdom to arise? What if the kingdom inside of you meets the kingdom inside of someone else in Walmart, in the grocery store, out on the streets? You ever just looked at someone and knew they were a believer? I have. Many, many times. I can't tell you how many times... I, I taught my my children, and or specifically Ethan, i be we'd be out, you know, maybe on vacation or something. Out, I'd be like, that person right there's a believer. I, I just how you know you just know there's a knowing that's on the inside of you. And then as the week goes on, eventually we get to have a conversation with that person and find out that they are a believer or whatever. Or the cameo, the kingdom recognizes the kingdom. Amen. Because how you know we have one King, the Christ is on the inside of us. And so, what if in the midst of Everything that's shaken that can be shaken will be shaken. That which cannot be shaken remains, and that which cannot be shaken is the kingdom. And the kingdom beginning to express itself out of a place of love. How many know that God is love? And man, where the kingdom is expressed correctly, it's expressed out of a place of love. And how many know love is a fear destroyer? Love destroys fear. Right now, so many people are in bondage. There's more bondage to fear probably right now than I've ever seen in my life. There's so much fear everywhere. It's just stopping people from doing so many things. And uh, and I'm not trying to say, you know, don't be wise and, and operate according to your conscience and all of these things. I, I respect all of that. But how I many know oh, fear is not your God and fear is not your master? And the kingdom is a kingdom that's based in love. And and what if God wants His kingdom to arise and start shining love out of us and removing the fear off of other people's lives and we see a unity happen, a unity that's based in the kingdom. Amen. That's what I believe is going to happen. That's what I believe is happening right now um, in the time that we're living in. You know, if if you guys want to turn to Daniel chapter two, and so this kingdom it doesn't have boundaries, and um, it doesn't have. Uh, or shouldn't have labels. And it does have a king. And how many know the, king, the kingdom's alive and well, even though it might not be in a visible sense? How many know the kingdom is... it doesn't come with observation. The kingdom is within, right? And this kingdom is operating. And so, God has invaded the earth with His kingdom 2,000 years ago. And 2,000 years ago, the kingdom... since. Since Jesus was raised from the dead and the church was born, uh, when the Spirit of God came down at Pentecost, the kingdom has been operating and moving and living among us. Um, and it's been in all races and all over the world, and the kingdom is still continuing to move together and to flourish. How many you know God's getting things done where nobody else can see? God's doing things. God's operating in things. God's making, He's making things happen. And so, God's going to reveal His kingdom and he's gonna reveal his kingdom in us. And he has a plan of invading the earth through us. How many know Jesus wants to walk through you into the world? Specifically, like through your life, through your personality, um, through your giftings. He wants, to, he wants to walk through you. And how many know light shines brightest in times of darkness, right? And so it's time to allow that kingdom uh, to, to express itself. <laughs> through our lives, and not only is it going to bless the people around us, how I many you know when you understand the kingdom that you're a part of, it brings a sense of stability in your life because you don't have to be afraid. You're a part of something that's eternal. It's eternal. How I many you know once this, once this earth wraps up and falls away, you know once, once all of these things that we can see, they have their period. They're like a dandelion or a flower that eventually dies. How I many you know there's something that's eternal and lasts forever, and it's the kingdom, right? And in the book of Daniel, you know, God makes a prophecy concerning this kingdom. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44, he said, In these days, and in the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's the kingdom that is on the inside of you. It's an eternal kingdom, right? And how many of you know, that kingdom has a king and it's ruled by a king? Amen? And the Spirit of God that's leading you is the commands of the king. How many of you know the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you into all truth? The Spirit of God will say, go this way, don't do this. Go this way, don't do that. How many of you know that is the king giving you commands? Amen? Now, the beauty of our king is he's not a dictator and And he will invite you into wisdom and invite you to be led by him. I mean you know there are times when we hear and listen and we obey, and we have wonderful uh, things that happen as a result of that. how I mean, you know sometimes we resist that voice we do, but you know what the awesome thing about it is is even when you resist the voice, even when you fail, even when you fall and you come short, how I you know mean, he 's not going to cast you out you 're still his kid you 're still his child, and he loves you, but he 's going to keep trying to get you to be A, led by scripture, and B, led by his spirit. Amen? Because that's how the kingdom's gonna operate. The kingdom's gonna operate. What if the the body of Christ all over the world right now was all of a sudden completely spirit led? How much would we accomplish? How much would happen? The work would be quick, really. You know, if we were all spirit led. Now, the challenge is a lot of churches don't teach people how to be, and I'm not trying to throw churches under a bus. But a lot of places don't teach you how to be spirit-led. They teach you how to be pastor-led. And you're not called to be pastor-led. You're called to be spirit-led. The purpose of the pastor is to give you bread so you can feed and have your own relationship with God so that you can hear God for yourself and mature and be led by the Spirit of God. You, you, you track me? That's maturity. Um, when, 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 you're, when you're pastor-led and you're having your relationship with God through the pastor, it's not a place where people grow. It's actually a daycare. It's a daycare. That's what it is. It's a daycare. And there's a lot of legalism and there's a lot of do's and don'ts and there's a lot of you need to do this and you need to give this and you need to be this and you need to do this. There's all these commands and directives. But you ever be trying to have a conversation with somebody but you can't hear what they're saying because somebody else is being so loud? See, sometimes I think the pastor's voice shouldn't be louder than the Lord's voice is. And I'm not trying to throw pastors under the bus. I mean, I'm, I'm all for pastors and leadership and ministry, but the purpose of this is to point you to Jesus Christ. So that you can have your own relationship with God, so that you can hear God for yourself. Can you get an amen? How many of you are called to hear God for yourself? For yourself. For yourself. Amen. How many of you there's nobody any better in this room than anybody else? Can I get an amen? How many of you we all have the same Father, Amen. And we are all children of God, and there's no one in this room that has more of a right to God than anybody else does. We all have the same righteousness that's been given to us as a gift. Amen. And so, as a result of that, we can be spirit led. We can hear God for ourselves. And how many of y'all, that requires trust? I have to trust that you're hearing God. You follow me? As, as a pastor who's going to preach a new covenant, I would never seek to control your life. If I'm controlling your life through fear and manipulation, I'm not a, a shepherd, I'm a hireling. And I'm a taskmaster, and I'm actually standing in the way of your relationship with God. You're tracking me here. How I many you know you cannot mature in an environment of control? Because you can't grow up. You know, it, you know I, was a, I, I, I used to run a teen center for a long time in downtown Frankfurt. And the kids that we had the most trouble with were the kids whose parents were so strict the kids couldn't breathe. And then what ended up happening is when those kids turn 18, they lose their minds. You know why they lose their minds? Because they now have freedom that they were never taught how to steward. See, being a parent is giving progressively greater amounts of freedom so that the child can grow up and be led by the Spirit of God be led by their own conscience. Because how many you know you're not going to always be, there, be able to be there to tell them what to do? They have to operate in their own conscience. We're not raising them to be children forever. We're raising them to be adults. And in raising them to be adults, we have to give them freedom. Like right now, you know, uh, Lily probably has the least amount of freedom in the house. Amen? I have a, have a seven-day-old baby named Lily. And then Eli, three years old, he has uh, more freedom than Lily does, but not as much as my 15-year-old does. How I many know if I put all the rules on my three year old that I have on my 15 year old, my 15 year old will never grow up? And he'll always look to me because he doesn't know how to live his own life. But what I got to do as a parent is I got to recognize that, how I many know I'm his dad, but how many know my dad and his dad are still the same dad? I'm talking about Father God. How I many know he has a father in heaven and I'm raising him to be an adult? Can I get an amen? And so I've got to give him freedom to make mistakes and hear God for himself so that when he finally, when I'm no longer in his back pocket, he doesn't lose his mind because he's he's been able to develop control in the place of freedom and have his own relationship with God. But if I just stack rule after rule after rule after rule upon him, you know what's going to happen? Rebellion. And there's not going to be any genuine relationship with God. So in an atmosphere of control, nobody grows up. Because everyone has their relationship with God through the pastor. If the pastor likes me, God likes me. If the pastor's nice to me, God's nice to me. How many of you know pastors and leaders? They're just people. They have a gift that they didn't earn and they didn't deserve, and God gave it to them for free to serve people with and to point people to Jesus with. Can I get an amen? And so, so and so, in order to have a relationship, how many of you know there's got to be freedom. In order to mature, there's got to be there's got to be there's got to be freedom, and so what we want the kingdom can't have expression in iron type control. It can't because we're too focused on man. You know, we, we have to let the spirit of God do what the spirit of God did. How I many you know? See, the kingdom didn't come until 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 Pentecost. The kingdom got prepared at the cross. But then the Spirit was unleashed. Now, the kingdom came through Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Jesus was down here showing everybody, this is what the kingdom looks like. You know what the kingdom looks like? I'm king and I'm boss. So I'm going to cast out devils, I'm going to heal the sick, and I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to show you what the kingdom looks like. The kingdom looks like heaven's invading earth. This is heaven's will. That people would not be uh, sick or lame, or sad, or depressed, or hurting, or broken, or or all of these things. The kingdom comes, the finger of God comes, and the devil gets cast out. Can I get an amen? Jesus demonstrated the kingdom, but then when He rose again from the dead, and Pentecost happened, He put the kingdom inside of us so that we could demonstrate the kingdom, and so that wherever we stood, the kingdom's dominion was present, and where the king is king, the devil is not. Where the king is king, the devil is not. The de- God Almighty wants to be king through your life. He wants to be king in your family. He wants to be king on your workplace. He wants to exercise His dominion, His kingship out of you. What does it look like? It looks like love casting out darkness. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Amen? But when Pentecost happened, how many know everybody Nobody knew what was going on? Because, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know that when the Spirit of God fell everybody's nice, tight, neat little concept of what church and what God looked like changed dramatically. And it's the same today. And so, because there's a place of freedom and liberty and joy and personal relationship in the kingdom of God. See, how many know I might not be led to do what God's leading you to do? And that's okay. Okay. We have to be big enough to allow each other to hear God. What you have liberty to do, I might not have liberty to do. And I mean, you know, I can't stand up and try to lord over your relationship. See, it's what people do in legalism. They say, well, this is what God's telling me to do, so this is what God's telling all y'all to do. Y'all need, you know, quit eating bread. Or y'all, you know, y'all need to not watch this, but y'all need to watch this, and y'all need to do this, and blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, God may be saying that to you, but he you know, might not be saying that to somebody else. You cannot facilitate someone else's relationship. Now, Scripture is Scripture. Whatever the, whatever the book says is for real. You, know, you can't be like, well, God led me you know, to, have, to commit adultery. No, no, that ain't God. You know what I'm saying? Or God led me to steal that. Or God led me... No, 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 that, that violates Scripture. That's not Scripture. That's not Bible. God's not going to violate Scripture. But all that gray area is between you and the Lord, and God's going to lead you. Can I get an amen? You can hear God's voice. You hear God's voice better for you than anybody else does. And as we give freedom, we all start to flow together in this beautiful symphony where everybody's led and everybody just allows God to lead them and you're doing what you want to do. And that's how the body works. You know, if I had to physically will every one of my biological responses in my body, I would have a hard time functioning. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Okay, I must breathe now. Okay, my heart must beat now. Okay, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, no, no. How many know the reason that there is a synergy is I don't have to think about a lot of these things because a lot of these things are happening as a result of the way God designed the body? You follow me? A spirit led body gets the job done without a taskmaster. Because, like, I'm not, like, when you, next week, next week, God may have a scenario for you to minister to somebody or love on somebody. You don't need me to tell you to do that. You don't need me to tell you how to do that. You don't need me at all. You know what you need? The Lord inside of you. And the Lord will lead you. And the Lord will tell you what to do. How many know all shall know Him from the least to the greatest? Come on, man. Like, it's different than the Old Testament. The middleman is dead. There's no middleman anymore. God is living on the inside of you. Yes, we have leadership. Yes, we have people who who open the book and feed the bread. And we have different types of giftings. But the purpose of those giftings are to serve so that we can learn how to have a relationship with God for ourselves. Can I get an amen? Spirit-led. Amen? This is what God wants for us. This is what God has for us. This is the kingdom. Now I'm just going to read a couple passages for sake of time. So just hear me out here. Mark 1 verse 14, it says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus came saying, there's a new king coming, there's a new kingdom that's coming. Amen. And and listen, and and I'm going to say this, and, and Jesus wasn't even a tiny bit concerned with the politics of Caesar while he was on this planet. He wasn't looking at the political arena. He was like, I got, I'm, not looking at, at who's, I'm not looking at Caesar and the Roman Empire. I'm a king. <laughs> like, I'm taking over with no one's permission. But I'm not going to do it from the top down. I'm going to do it from the bottom up. And I'm going to live inside the people. And I'm going to reveal myself inside of the people. And the kingdom's going to go in and infiltrate with no borders and no boundaries and no walls. The kingdom might be in anybody at any point and at any time. Can I get an amen? And we've got to be real careful not to get our eyes on political figures and to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and keep our eyes on the kingdom. Is the kingdom greater than the kingdoms of the earth? So the greatest kingdom that there is is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let's keep our eyes on that. And let's let that kingdom express itself through us. And so... And then He goes on to saying, like I said, I'm just going to read you these before we step into some Scripture for sake of time. Matthew 5.20, Jesus speaking here, He says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. How many you know man's righteousness does not build the kingdom? You, you can't be good enough to be in this kingdom. This kingdom is not about performance. How many you know you can't be good enough to be made right with God? You receive it as a gift, amen. And so Jesus is saying, "You see all these scribes and Pharisees who think they're so awesome and so spiritual and so holy, they can't get into the kingdom. Why? Because they're self-righteous and prideful. They don't think they need a savior. They think they're so awesome that they don't need a savior. They thought they were so awesome they crucified the savior. How I many know self-righteousness does not flow in the kingdom? Let me say it again. How I many know there's nobody in this room any better than anybody else? We have the same gift of righteousness that was given to us for free." Through Jesus Christ, and so that means there's not a hierarchy, there's not a pyramid scheme, there's not a sense of this row is more holy than this row. I mean, you know, we are in a family, and we are all firstborn. It's just the truth, man. We we don't operate the way the world operates. And really, he that's greatest among us will be servant. That's how we roll. You know, Jesus said, "Oh, you want to look what great? You want to see what greatness looks like? Sit down and let me wash your feet. Let me show you what it looks like." Ah. Oh. Our kingdom is beautiful. It's so different than the way the world does things. The world says, "Man, you know, I'm boss. I'm on top. I'm I'm amazing. Serve me." That's not how the kingdom works, man. How you know our King, although he was, he was is he wasn't is God. How you know he came and served. He served. He said, "Let me show you what majesty looks like." <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? See, Jesus can wash. A foul-mouthed fisherman's feet and not feel the slightest bit less dignified or, or less worthy than what He was before He picked up the garment to wash His feet. Jesus was king before He washed His feet, during the time He washed His feet, and after the time He washed His feet. Because Jesus is secure in who He is. He don't have to prove anything to anyone. He stood before Pilate, and Pilate had all of this authority and this ego and this pop, and he's like, "Don't you know that I have your life in my hands?" And Jesus wouldn't say nothing to him, but he looked at him for just a moment, and he was like, "You don't have power to take my life. I'm laying my life down. Come on, I could call 12 legions of angels right now. He Jesus had just a moment, just a moment of like, you have no idea what's happening. Could we be the same? I know, that's what, it's an invitation not to the reality of it, but to operating in it. Could we serve in love and not feel less than? that. Could we love our enemies and not feel less than? Could we pray for those who despitefully use us? Could we be a part of the answer rather than a part of the problem? if you spend your days angry and offended, you will not flow in the kingdom. Because you're operating in self-righteousness. Self-righteousness says, they've wronged me, and now I've got to vindicate myself. Jesus said They wronged Jesus, and He was not... Why? I like what Winston Churchill said. He said... It I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right. But he said, "You know, if I stop at every dog that barks at me on my journey, I'm never going to get where I'm going. And if you try to fight every single battle all day long, the enemy will just have you chasing your tail and getting nowhere. No one has the ability to take your worth away from you. You're a king. Do you know that? You're royalty. Like you are a child of God. And, and there's a place in the kingdom... Where we're at rest and we're trusting the Lord and we're allowing God to lead us and we're not being emotionally driven, we're not being offense driven, we're not being anger driven. Amen. And so, and so then, John chapter three. And you don't have to turn there either. Jesus answered and said to him, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom." So this kingdom, you can't be good enough to get into it. You you can't. You've literally. Got to have a new birth. You, you've, got to have, you've got to, the person you were dies, was crucified with Christ, and then you have a new birth. You're a new creation in Christ. That's how you get into the kingdom. The king, you are, and literally in the Greek it says, you're born from above. Amen. How I mean, you know you are a species of being that the world has never seen? And you're not defined by. Your nationality. You're not defined by your skin color. You're not defined by your background. You're not defined by your past. How many of you are defined by your Christ? Your Christ. Your Christ. Your Christ. He is the definition of who you are. And so, you know, as we begin to awake to that reality, and we begin to understand that, we start to lay down some of these worldly pursuits for, for, for accolades and for feeling good about ourselves and feeling like we need to vindicate ourselves and justify ourselves and all of these things. Can I get an amen? We are new creations in Christ, so you're born into this kingdom. Now, turn to Romans chapter 14, please. And I want to take a look here at this kingdom because it's in you and it wants to be expressed. It wants to be expressed. The kingdom wants to be expressed through you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. How many of the kingdom of God can be expressed through a teenager? The kingdom of God can be expressed through a child. The kingdom of God does not need anything. In, I mean, the kingdom, the kingdom will express itself. Amen. And um, hallelujah. The kingdom. God, God, and the kingdom is not passive. The kingdom is aggressive. I mean, you know, the kingdom is looking to infiltrate. You know, I'm currently discipling a 14-year-old teenager who has a call of God to preach on his life. And I talk to him um, regularly and I'm just discipling that gift because he's called. And, and, so, um, and just trying to help him. Now, he has an, a realm of ministry that I can't be in. See, there was a time when I was in the public schools and I had an opportunity to share and there were things that I was doing in the public schools and I could do that. I can't get in there right now. Doors are closed to me. Kids can barely get in the schools right now. Praise God. But you know what this kid can do? He can preach in his school. He can shine the light. And you know what he is? He's shining the light in his school. And he's doing it with wisdom and he's doing it being Spirit-led. He doesn't have some big legalistic, you know, stick that he's beating everybody over the head with. He's allowing God to lead him. He's hearing God and he's being led by the Spirit of God. How many know the kingdom yearns to have expression in his high school? How many know that place needs light? It needs light. And so, how many know that God is going to use one of his vessels, one of his kids, for Jesus to walk through into that school? Amen. How I mean, you know, many the same is true? Wherever you go, there the kingdom is. C- can I get an amen? The kingdom needs expression in the in the gas station, in Walmart, in Starbucks, in, in, in a restaurant. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. What does it look like, Jeremiah? It looks like love. It looks like love. It looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like power. It looks like authority. Not a loud authority, but an authority that comes out of a place of knowing who you are. Are y'all tracking me here? The kingdom. The kingdom's arising. The light's shining, man. And the kingdom is in you. Now, in order for the kingdom to have expression, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, it addresses this. Now, eating and drinking. What do you mean eating and drinking? Well, if you look at the context of the passage, they're saying, well, should we eat this or should we not eat this? Should we, should we do this? Should we not do this? What should we do? What it's addressing is these outward things. These, these, these outward things. Then, to this day, people still, should I have long hair? Should I have short hair? Can I pierce something? Can I tattoo something? Should I not? You know, do I, you know all of these outward things, okay? The kingdom is not this outward thing. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. How many know the kingdom can have expression through someone with long hair and tattoos and piercings and all that type of stuff, right? Yeah. And the ki- because the kingdom is not relegated to a certain cultural definition. It's not about that stuff. And, and, and even, it doesn't, oh, the kingdom can express itself through whoever the kingdom wants to express itself through. Can I get an amen? And, and so it's not this outward thing of touch not, taste not, handle not, drink not, eat not, all of these things. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, in order for the kingdom to have expression out of you, you've got to honor the king. How do you get into the kingdom? You honor the king. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know in order to get into the kingdom, you got to get saved? Right? Right? You're not automatically in the kingdom. You have to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But then after that, how do you honor the King in the kingdom? Well, Let's take a look at it. You you, you honor Jesus. You honor the King by recognizing that He did a good job on the cross. If you don't think He did a good job on the cross, then you're not honoring Him. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I'm saying this. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're forgiven. You're right with God. That's honoring the cross. Because you've been given a gift of righteousness. How many know He that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Him? Right? How do you honor the King? You walk like you're right with God. This is really important. What do you want, Jeremiah? You mean I gotta do everything perfect? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're gonna be perfect. I'm not saying your conduct's gonna be perfect. I'm not saying that. How you know you're human and you're gonna make mistakes? I'm not preaching. The kingdom is not this line you gotta walk, and if you step off, you're out of the kingdom. No, the kingdom is there's a safety net below you so big that you can't fall hard enough to get lost. Amen? Are you all tracking me here? There's this massive net underneath you that when you fail, when you fall, the Lord Himself will catch you. And the righteousness of God will raise you back up and set you right back on the track that you were on. What do you do? You honor the King by saying what He said, that you're forgiven and that you're right with God. Can I get an amen? You don't do anything to make yourself right with God. You believe in Jesus. I was a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist. I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I was an ungodly, dead, spiritually dead person. I received Jesus as Savior. That person died. I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm now right with God. And I'm always going to be right with God because I didn't make myself right with God. I received His righteousness. It was an outstretched hand to me. I'm right with God because He made me right. Not because of something I did, because I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God. When I believe that and I understand that, I'm honoring the king and the kingdom can have expression out of me. But when I feel like God's mad at me and I've fallen short, God's going to punish me for my sin, God's against me, God's angry with me, God's going to cast me out. When I as a believer feel that way, I'm dishonoring the king and I'm saying what you did on the cross wasn't good enough, and what I did is greater than what you did. Come on. So I'm not forgiven. I'm dirty. The Lord said, if I cleaned it, don't call it dirty. What I have cleansed, don't call common. So, did the Lord clean you? <laughs> did you receive Jesus as Savior? Yeah. Then you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And you are as right with God as Jesus Christ, because it's Jesus' Jesus Christ's nature that's been given to you. You don't have your own nature anymore. You left it behind. You're a new creation. The same righteousness that Jesus has. How I mean, you know Jesus walked and he was bold. He carried himself as a king. He walked around with confidence and boldness and he was unafraid and unhurried and unrushed his entire life. You know why? Because he knew he was right with God. He knew he was right with God. And you are just as right with God as he was. If the cross was a success. Was it a success? It was a success, right? So, don't allow condemnation to put a veil over the light that's on the inside of you. Because a condemned believer can't shine the light because they're dishonoring the cross and, and they're out of tune with the light. How I many you know if I have a if I have a mirror on the inside of me and I adjust it properly, the light from the sun will come out and shine out? How I many you know if my mirror gets off and there's a veil? Because I feel condemned and I feel bad and I feel unworthy and I feel like I'm no good and I'm just looking at me. I'm so bad. I'm so unworthy. I'm so. Well, geez. Like, I know none of us are. Look, folks, if we wanted to talk about our mistakes, we could spend all day talking about our mistakes. But we didn't come here for that. We came here to talk about Jesus. Are y'all tracking me here? And so what i got to do is, in order for that kingdom to shine out of me, i got to tear the veil and I've got to keep the veil torn that I am who God says I am regardless of my mistakes, regardless of, of what I've messed up or I've fallen short in. Jesus lives on the inside of you. Jesus lives on the inside of me. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when you know that you're right with God, you have peace. 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 Peace that's greater than what the world can give. The world can't give this kind of peace. The Creator of the universe loves me. You following me here? The Creator of the universe loves you. He doesn't just love you. You you are right with Him. You are as you should be before Him. You're His child. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. See, He's living... Inside of you. In order for God to reject you, He'd have to reject Himself. Now listen, that doesn't mean that He, he agrees with everything we do. He doesn't. Like if you're operating in sin and, and, and you're making mistakes and all of that, your loving Father knows you're better than that. I mean, just because a butterfly lands on trash doesn't mean it turns into trash. It's still a butterfly, but it's on trash and it don't belong on trash. It belongs on a flower. Are you tracking me here? And so the Lord will correct you. How's He going to correct you? He's going to say, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Oh, oh, you're going back to that lifestyle again and you're making those mistakes again. That's not who you are. This is who you are. He will correct you with His righteousness. His righteousness will come in and say, no baby, that's not you. You're better than that. And then when you awake to righteousness, you're like, wait a minute, I am better than that. And you get free from that junk that's trying to rob you of your life. You know, the reason that he, the enemy tempts you is so that he can get you to make a mistake so that he can come and condemn you and try to suffocate the light that's on the inside of you. That's the primary reason he condemns you, because he's afraid of the kingdom, he doesn't want to see Jesus shining out of his people, so he fills the pulpits with ministers that preach condemnation and guilt and legalism and control because he's got to keep this kingdom under wraps because if anybody starts to see Jesus coming out of the people of God, you won't be able to control the influx of people coming to the Lord. And I'm not talking about building a church. I'm talking about building the kingdom. Kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's not a church. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's going to take over. No government in the earth is stable right now. Nobody knows what in the world they're doing right now. Except God. And so the kingdom is going to arise and present a stability that the world has never, ever known, never seen. And it's going to come through you and it's going to come through me. It's going to come through us. But your part is this. You've got to honor the King by recognizing that you're the righteousness of God. Out of your mouth. I'm... Say it with me. Say, I am. I am. The, righteousness the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am right with God. I am right with God. I am, right with God. I am, righteous. I am righteous. I am holy, I am holy. because I am, I am in Christ. And Christ is in me out of your mouth all the time. You say what God has said about you. You know what's going to happen? There's a power that's going to come on you. There's a str- Did you feel the strength? Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing? You're honoring the king. The king said, those are my people. Right there. Those people right there, they're my people. See, it doesn't honor the king to be like, oh, I'm so bad, I'm unworthy, I'm a worm, I'm nothing but a sinner, I'm just a horrible person. That's saying that the new... Creation was a failure. And the new birth was a failure. That will not produce good fruit in your life. If you embrace the identity of a sinner, then you are going to sin. But if you embrace the identity of, of being a child of God and as the righteousness of God, then God's going to be able to order your steps and, and, and allow you to be Spirit-led. See, the frequency of the Holy Spirit's the frequency of righteousness. The enemy is always trying to come in and trying to act like he's your father and and, and bring a voice of condemnation and judgment and destruction. That's not the voice of your God. Your God will not condemn you. He won't. He won't. Now, condemnation abides in the earth as a result of the fall. If people have not been saved, they're abiding under condemnation. But God's not condemning them. God's shining the light to them saying, come out of darkness into the marvelous light. I've made a way for you. I know creation's fallen, but you don't have to abide there. But listen, man, if we don't know we're right with God, then who in the world is? You understand what I'm saying? Like we gotta, we gotta, when you know you're right with God, how many of you walk different? Yeah. You talk different, you look at your problems different. If I'm right with God, then should I be afraid of anything? Nothing. I should be fearless in the storm because I'm right with God. And so, and here, you're not the one that made you right with God. You're not the one that keeps you right with God. So what that means is the weak link has been removed. Us. Who's the strong link? The Lord. And, and the cross is a success. So you're right with God. And in an understanding that and believing that, you're going to have peace, and then you're going to have joy. Because you're going to know God is for you. Peace and joy. But if the enemy can get you to believe that you're not right with God, then the kingdom is going to be covered. And even though you are right with God, you're going to to have removed yourself and grounded yourself. You You ever see someone's countenance when they're in condemnation? How many know it ain't shining? It's not. Why? Because they feel condemned. How I mean, know they got to they readjust their mirror? They got to get their eyes back on Jesus. How I mean, know if you look at you, you're going to be sad? <laughs> you're not called to look at you. How I many are you called to look at Jesus? You know, even like today, how I many know in this world, legalism makes you look at you and measure yourself, or it makes you look at the pastor. How awesome the pastor is. <clears throat> We don't want that. We don't want to look at us, and we certainly don't want to look at me. We want to look at Jesus. You understand? <clears throat> when you behold him, you're changed into the same image from glory to glory. And so the enemy works over time to try to get you self-conscious. Introspective, introverted, looking at me, weighing myself, weighing myself. Yes. Well said. And there's no victory there. Can I get an amen? Right? And so this powerful kingdom wants an expression out of us, but in order for it to be expressed, we need to, we have to we have to recognize that we're right with God. And we have to embrace it. And we have to grow confident in it. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the expression of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. You're right with God. You're just as right with God as the moment that you got saved. You're that right with God. If we believed that, if we re- see, and, and you see the beauty of it, and I share this all the time, but it helps us understand it. You know when somebody first gets saved? You know how they have so much joy and so much peace? You know why? Because for a moment, they believe they're right with God. And then you know what they do? They just shine. They just shine because they believe they're right. But then they're taught out of it. Or they're condemned out of it. Because how many know when when somebody gets saved and the light starts shining, the enemy's like, we got to get this person to sin. Because if we can get this newborn child of God to sin, then they'll condemn themselves and they'll think God's mad at them, and we can cover that light because we can't have that thing shining. Because how many know when someone first gets saved, man, it's an explosive thing. It can change a family. It, can, it, can, it, can, it just brings tremendous change. So the enemy's like, we've got to quickly tempt them and get them to take the bait so that we can condemn them and then we can put them in this labyrinth of sin management so that we can hide the Christ because we can't have Jesus being seen in the earth. Because when they see Him, they're going to fall in love. All you got to do is see Jesus, you're going to fall in love. I love it. The devil's messed up during the Gospels. You see that one time where the demons fell down and worshipped Jesus? They slipped up. They're, he was so awesome and so beautiful and so majestic, they just started to worship him. Oh, wait a minute, we're demons. We can't do that, you know? Because that's how, that's how wonderful he is. See, he wants expression out of you. Not just, I mean, you know, the purpose of this book is to, open, is to get you saved, but then to open up your heart and keep that thing opened up and to keep that veil off of your heart so you can shine Jesus. Ah. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You are. You are. You are. You're not weighed in the balances of this world. Cast off their judgment. Don't let anybody judge you. You know, Paul said that. So don't let anybody judge you in a holy day or in meat or in this or in that. No, no, no. How I many? oh, God has judged you. That's right. And He's judged you righteous. Amen. And see, you don't have to be afraid that once you, you get, really get a hold of this that you're going to fall into sin and you're going to fall into licentiousness. No, because as you embrace this, the Spirit of God will begin to lead you. He'll lead you. Why? Because you're honoring the Son of God. It, it's, the whole new covenant is based upon honoring the finished work of the cross and then the Spirit of God will begin to write His laws on your heart and on your mind. What does that look like? It looks like, I want to. I love it. It's so much easier. So so difficult and constraining under legalism. I tried I had to make myself do everything. Now under the new covenant, there's a desire there that's there. There's a want to. Now, listen, the carnal mind's still gonna to try to rise up. How I many of the carnal mind's still there, flesh's still there, it still tries to, you know, how I many of you don't always want to do what's right? Can it get an O oh me? But do you know what's awesome? When you don't do and when you fall, there's a net to catch you and lift you back up and to remind you who you are, and to tell you who you are, and to put that fresh robe of righteousness on your shoulder, you're a child of God. See, we've had this culture in the church where like, people are walking this tightrope, man, and then they make one mistake, and it's like, oh, bam, they're gone. They're out. They're rejected. They're awful. You know what I'm saying? How I mean, you know, That's not how you run a family. You know, if, we, if I take a two-by-four and I sit it on this floor, and I'm going to try to walk on it, I could probably do okay. If I raise it 200 feet in the air, it's going to be more challenging. Now here's the thing, same skill level, but one has tremendous consequences, and one does not. See, God took your walk and lowered it down to where when you take a misstep, you're still in the kingdom. And I you know, it's easier to walk when you know you're not going to be rejected than thinking you make one mistake, you're about to fall and die. It's just easier to walk. If you put a two-by-four out here, I could, walk, I could walk back and forth on it over and over and over again. But you put that thing 200 feet in the air, I probably couldn't make it across one time because of fear of failure. See, the kingdom removes the fear of failure. You, when you fail, He's going to be there to catch you. He going to catch you. You know what He's going to tell you? He's going to he say, put your eyes back on me. Put your eyes back on me. And even your failure will cause you to fall more in love with Him when you understand the riches of His grace. Because when you fail and you fall, and the Lord's like, man, how many of y'all have ever received something you didn't deserve and you didn't earn? How I many? It will change your heart in a way that nothing else can. Love has impact on you when you receive it and you don't deserve it. Amen? Okay. I feel like we're going we're gonna to continue to walk down this road of the kingdom. And there's a whole lot more that's here, but I feel like we're done. So... We're done for today, but the, the kingdom of God it wants it wants expression in your life, and uh, God wants to shine through you uh, because He loves you so much, Amen. And because and not only that, because He also because He loves people, and He wants people um, to experience Jesus through your life, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to continue to walk down this road, and we're going to get stronger in it. Because the thing about righteousness is it'll develop momentum. When you, it'll, 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 what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, you start hearing it regularly, it'll develop a momentum in your life and you'll be able to walk in it more. And it creates a culture. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It, it creates a culture of righteousness and justification. And it just clears the air. And, and what, it, what it does is, God's, once again, God's intention is to evade the earth with His kingdom. Days of heaven on earth. In your family... Um, in your workplace, and it happens through, simply really, just through Jesus and understanding that you're right with God. So we're going to continue to walk down this road. Amen. Anyway, praise God. Um, Just want to continue worshiping the Lord in our giving this morning, And, and happy heart giving. Happy heart giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Let giving be something done because you're happy to do it, because you're thankful, not because you're obligated, not because you're controlled. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, let each one give as he has made up his own mind, purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in their giving. You want your heart to be in your giving. Allow your heart to be in it. Not just in amount, not just in, but allow your heart to be in it. You know? And I know that can be difficult with people that have been hurt and abused by the church, but. God wants to bring a healing into that place and and, and a restoration in that place to where your your heart is in it, something you want to do, not something that you have to do in order for God to love you or to bless you, but just because you're thankful and you're grateful. So anyway, with that, um, if you need to give on, uh, Tim will get one to you. If you guys are online and you want to give, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and you can can give online. And uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let the kingdom advance. Let the kingdom arise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. If you guys are watching online and you need prayer for anything, please feel free to message us. We would love uh, to pray for you. And uh, please don't hesitate to do that. And uh, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to give. We ask you to bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. We can shut that off. And then... Does he might need prayer for anything? Does he might need prayer?